Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody. This is Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey, and I'm here with everybody today. You got Jay Johnson and Tyler Bowen. Nah, uh, it's, it's my, it's our buddy Brian, and he's just having a fit today. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jay. How you guys doing? Hey, fellas. Doing good. Doing great, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna have to echo that sentiment. I'm uh, sorry I missed last week, but you know, a lot's happened since I was on the uh, the show last. And if you guys hear some jets or helicopters in the background, Miramar is doing something tonight so they're being loud sorry about that oh that's okay i love well i don't know i grew up with that stuff so hey look i know jay's been out and and we're gonna cover basketball right now from the first segment and brian and i are gonna talk basketball and let's let's do let's dispense with the formalities and go straight into the good stuff because this is really good stuff brian the men finally got ranked. Yeah, it's a, it's about time. And Sunday's game was a little worrisome because we dominated the first half. And I, and I was thinking that we were going to cruise over Ohio, Oklahoma State, which typically is Oklahoma State's a pretty good program. I mean, now they're not they're not raved, lost a few games, but they're still a solid, good athletes up and down the roster, probably higher ranked recruits coming in there than what we ever had here. But no, they, they worried me. They came back there in the second half. But this team this year has shown they can finish. And I think part of it is the depth. They they only play eight or nine guys, but they got eight or nine guys who can play. Like They're getting good minutes out of Poteet and Kidd, two of the big guys. Poteet was eight points and six rebounds in just 15 minutes the other day. He made his free throws, but the Hokies just finished. I mean, they Oklahoma State tied the game late. And then Mutz come down and hit a basket. They they made their free throws. Hokies made like over 80% of their free throws. It's just a really good day, a really good week of Virginia Tech basketball. And yeah, they're they're number 24 right now. And uh, that's that's awesome. And they got Grambling next. And then they face BC to go full bore into the ACC schedule. I'm thrilled beyond belief and everything else at the men's basketball program because of how they picked it up and how they've you're right. They're finishing this year. They were having trouble finishing last year where they were losing momentum in the second half and then never regaining it again. 
there was that that remember that dark spot between the the, the December and January yeah, it yeah. Was like December January last year where they yeah where they just their second half starts were awful and they were just never able to recover from it they still kind of tripped up a little bit in the second half start this time but they stepped up and they changed the momentum they got going inside and that kind of I think one of the things that's been the big thing for them and before we switch off to the women's team one of the big things for the men's team is they finally have some inside game. They got big, muscly poteet in there, and they have now they're running Basile in where normally he was being outside. They're challenging him to get in and get on the boards, and that's making a huge difference, isn't it? Yeah, Basile's been a great pickup because he has some inside-outside game at 6'9", and got a really nice shot from the outside, and he's the him mutts and and padula have been a great big three i just want to get couture and maddox going you know they've they've had some up and down games but you know maddox is really bringing it on the de- defensive end this year but I want to get those two going because i think we can beat anybody once we get we get the whole whole lineup cranking but M- mutts is a content i don't know how you look at it right now mutts it's just early you know here we are in you know, mid-december but I, I gotta think mutts is a contender for acc player of the year not because he's going to score 30 points a game but he does everything well and uh, padula is fifth in the acc in scoring at about 17 a game lots to be excited about that we beat dayton last week by 28 points and dayton beat us last year and they were never close we, we destroyed dayton and dayton's got a, an nba player up front so yeah it was a very encouraging we've won five in a row after losing that heartbreaker to charleston so three yeah i'm points. feeling pretty good would have been, that would have been a three-point game too you know it's they're three points away from being perfect. Before you go over into women's, I don't know if you guys caught what Seth Greenberg, former Virginia Tech men's coach, what he said on Sunday. He said, and I, I said this to one of my buddies back at the beginning of November. I said, the two best teams in the ACC are Virginia and Virginia Tech. Seth Greenberg Sunday said the two best teams reside in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Okay. Well, maybe the three best teams because we're going to talk about the women's basketball game. First of all, I'd like to say hi to two new acquaintances of mine. We met them at the kitchen store that Catherine works at part-time, Alumni Hall. And we're going to we're gonna say hi to Liz Kitley and to Georgia Amor, who were signing little basketballs and talking to everybody and being really personable. And they're wonderful late, young ladies, and it was wonderful to meet them. And they've been listening to us, and maybe they'll pick up on us again. Here's the... Here's, Let's get into the specifics. We got probably one of the best basketball teams in the country. I'm talking about, okay, within their leagues. The women are ranked sixth. They're going to end up playing Notre Dame on Sunday, and they're ranked five. And I don't think Notre Dame's going to win that basketball game. They have a chance because they are a shabby basketball team. But they are up against, first of all, some motivated players. But they are up against some of the best female basketball players on the court in the country. And I mean, we're talking the first six young ladies on that bench, the, the starters. And, well, okay, we lost Ashley Ayusu for a while because she broke a pinky. And believe me, I know what breaking a pinky is like. And they don't heal very fast. And so she had surgery and she's going to need therapy because it's on her shooting hand. And your pinky in, in the shot is really important. A lot of people don't realize that. So so she's she's out for a while. So Kiana Trailer had to step in and step up. She was the sixth, you know, the sixth, uh, you know, the, the auto sub on the bench. And now she's starting. So, hey, hey, we have probably the five best players 
some of the in the country, and then probably the next in probably one of the strongest benches, all the way down to probably about halfway down the bench, and then there's a lot of new kids. But they're they they've got a lot of hope. Hey, we have two Australians. Not not only is Georgia Amor from Ballarat, Victoria, but we also have from Victoria, Victoria. It's kind of like New York, New York. But we have Charlize Dunn, and she's just starting to get on and get on the court and get some rhythm. And she's another deep shooter. These ladies can hit from outside. We had Kayla King, who we missed at the, uh, at the signing. I kind of kicked myself. But King, she can drain shots from, from way deep. I wish there was a four-point ring. She'd be hitting from four-point ring. She's that good. So the women's basketball team is ranked six, and it probably should, you know, when, when they get better exposure, and if they keep on going, they're perfect. So I, I got a feeling that, that we're going to see a higher rank in this team is it looks like it's going to go deep it really is this season so it's like uh, kitley and amor and king and you know they're they're the they're the core leaders that were the that were the leftover hokies and everybody else has stepped up and stepped in and i'm really impressed with kenny brooks he's really put together a quality program so and, you know and i get excited because i get to go to the games i go to the games and we throw the coin, and I probably could apply and get credentials, but I, I'm not rolling around on the floor. So that's the basketball programs, and now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all the huge football news. we got two segments of football to talk about, and that's for you guys. So we'll be back after this. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey, presented by SB Nation's Goblet Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, at Goblet Country, and check out the website, gobletcountry.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Before the break, we talked about the basketball program, and John alluded to a lot of big news around the football program. Well, in case you've been living under a rock or haven't been on your phone the last couple of days, the Hokies had a big weekend in Blacksburg where Brent Pry hosted several recruits on official visits and then also some players from the transfer portal. By the end of Sunday, we had nailed down commitments from three high school players, including a quarterback that we flipped from Nebraska. And on Monday, the big news came when uh, former ODU wide receiver, ODU and West Virginia wide receiver Ollie Jennings chose the Hokies, one of the most sought-after players in the portal. And then an hour later, the big fish was Baylor former Baylor quarterback Kyron Drones, a former Baylor quarterback, four-star recruit, elite eleven participant. A lot of things to get excited about. Six foot two, two hundred twenty-eight pounds. We finally got our quarterback from Texas. After all, Justin Fuente tried for a while, so we finally got one. So. Jay, what do you think of the weekend? Well, I was a little bit busy this weekend, but I was following along and that was pretty exciting. I was traveling, so I was in my car driving and I'm like I'm seeing like 25 texts from John pop up in my, my little car ephemeral. And I was like, all right, let's go ahead and play these and uh, just listen to the back and forth between you two talking about how, hey, it looks like we're going to start potentially nailing down a couple of big recruits. And I was like, really, how big? And then sitting there taking a look and like Jennings considered by quite a few folks to be the top wide receiver prospect in the transfer portal. 
And that was like kind of the thing that we had to have. We had to have a senior wide receiver, like getting, getting the quarterback. That is awesome. Especially because he's got three years left and that gives Watson time to like grow, right? He's not going to be put in a position where after three games with Grant Wells struggling, we're going to be chanting his name. Um, He's going to have an opportunity to develop behind drones. And those two players coming right now drastically change our outlook the drones thing really surprised me. I had heard rumors that he was like secretly visiting and then hearing the the conversation about him and Jennings, they talked about they met at on campus and were just like, if you come here, bro, I'll come here, bro. Like we can turn this, you know, offensive program around. So they're excited about it. You said it on Twitter, like drones isn't coming here to compete. Like he's going to have the starting job. Let's go ahead and write that down right now. Here's what I'm hearing from the outside world or outside inside. And I was telling, talking to Brian about it before you came on, Jay. The big move is the old playbook that they used last year was kind of familiar to us, wasn't it? That was the prior season's playbook. I guess they started, supposedly they started to try to implement the new their new playbook, their new RPO playbook, and they didn't have, they realized they didn't have the personnel to do it. So they ended up sticking with the old playbook, which is why, one, Bowen wasn't real good at executing it. It's not your playbook. If it's not your playbook, that's a problem. You know, it, it's like jumping on to the middle of NCAA game and not having a clue as to what plays they have. Okay, so number one, that's a negative deficit. But number two, we just didn't have the personnel last year. I'm sorry, the talent was just not there. And so with the talent not there, they finally said at the end of the season that they SK'd the playbook, and I think they followed it with some gas and a match because it's gone. Supposedly, Tyler Bowen is going to a completely different, basically an RPO offense, which is Bowling Green read option with pass. Okay? Well, RPO is what every successful and, college and, football team runs. Yeah, it's a modern option. It's what you have to do to be competitive offensively in college football at a high level. It's what Fuente wanted to put in, but they had Cornelson telling them, telling the quarterbacks what to do prior to the snap rather than let them play. But with drones, we've got a dude that can do it. And he's huge. He reminds me of Gerard Evans. Yeah, he's Evans size, which is like really cool. But on top of that, okay, we all need to take a note, a little somber note. He's one of my football heroes, Mike Leach, died today. He was the head coach of Mississippi State, but he was the inventor of the air raid offense, which is the other modern offense in college football. And he was an innovator. And yeah, he had some issues. They called him the pirate. You know, it was the pirate in charge. And and, and, his rants were amusing to watch. Yeah, (laughs) it was it was amazing. But he was he was all heart and all football coach. And and college football is going to miss him a lot. I love Mike Leach and the work he did it like he always found found a challenge he was like an outcast and he embraced it he chose places like Washington State Texas Tech the most remote places in each state to to go and in the Mississippi State and go there and he would win I mean and they didn't like him and he didn't care did, did he care that the SEC didn't want the air raid no he didn't care he just went in there and started winning games and just uh I, I love the guy if you ever watched when he first started the SEC like at the press conference for the summer when they do the kickoff and he come out and he said I'm not going to do an introduction I'm just kind of you're going to ask me what you want to ask me anyway just a unique guy and if you look at Mike Leach's coaching tree I mean it's it's something else if you want to look at the like guys like Cliff Kingsbury Josh Heupel Neil Brown Dana Holgerson I mean uh, even Art Bryles I mean I know that's not a name people want to hear about but Dave Aranda at Baylor Sonny Dykes 
such such great names, and they all yeah, are great Leech, group. And, all, all, they're all Leach's guys. Football's going to really miss him, I, and I'm going to miss him. He was a character, and I love good character. I really do. I get tired of the the churned out vanilla. I get tired of the dictator. You know, I, I liked guy. him because he he wasn't he was anti-establishment, and I appreciated that about him. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always fun when an anti-establishment dude rolls into the biggest establishment and starts wrecking wrecking seasons. Yeah, oh, yeah. you thought you were going to the SEC championship? Yeah. Sorry about nope. your luck. My quarterback just threw the ball down your throat about fifty times. So yeah, so we're gonna miss him. So yeah, that was our little tribute to to, to the late Mike Leach, and and football's gonna miss him. But we'll, but you know, now let's convert back over to RPO, which is the other college and now pro offense. And let's just talk about the fact that it, let's finish up this first segment and talk about the transfer portal. We'll talk about the new recruits in the next segment. And in part of the next segment, we're going to do a little J talk with a little rest. But the big thing we need to be aware of is, is that everybody needs to cancel what they heard last season. I have a feeling there's going to be some massive changes, <laughs> not in the defense. I think the defense, the defense is basically sound. We need defensive ends, and I think they need to go after defensive and ends tackles. in the portal. That whole line yeah. needs to be redone. Well, well, the tackles, we need new tackles, and, the re- and we need new tackles behind the tackles we have. I think the relay we have are pretty good, but you need six tackles not three. And I'll take only three, three right new, now. Yeah, I take three new ones, I'll tell you. You know, to supplement. You know, we just really need to get some penetration. We, on the we need edge rushers line. real bad because yeah. the linebacking core can't make up for it. No. So like, all game long, all season long. Yeah. So so I mean that was the sweat all season long was the fact that our defensive line could only had one good edge rusher and that was and he was hurt and that was garbage. And he kept getting hurt, and everybody else was just lagging. And and the in the of course the inside the tackles the two tackles and as they re, the three relayed in and out were okay, but they could and, not get pressure penetration. And, so. and I'll, I'll I'll do respect to to Garbett because I like Garbett and he was a good player, but we haven't had a a true threat off the edge in so long. We we need a guy that can come in and get you ten sacks, and we haven't had that in, in forever. And Who that's was the last need, one. Uh, that's a good question. I can't even think we, about it. No, I, I know Jason Worlds had a, was really good that his final year here, but yeah. I don't even think he had ten sacks. I think no, the I think, last like great DL that we had was Settle, and he got out of there at the right time. He had a nice game this past weekend, also. Yeah, he's been doing okay in the pros. Ricky Ricky Walker was a really good player, but yeah. he, Ricky Walker wasn't a Luther Maddie was a really good player, but they weren't yeah. sack guys. They were interior guys who were. Yeah, we, we we haven't had an edge rusher who could just come off and just beat anybody. And yeah, we, I mean we desperately need that. And you know we'll see. I thought, if we get it. I thought Barno could be that guy at one time when I saw his measurables and everything, but didn't didn't transpire. So, and that's yeah. definitely something we're gonna wanna. I and I can only imagine that they're hunting the portal big time because defensive line is one of those ones where, like, unless it's a freak of nature, like five star type prospect, having a dude come out as a freshman, a true freshman, particularly on the defensive line, it's just not. They're just not big enough. They need that year or two to finish up with their growth and, and working with a collegiate level strength and conditioning coach because they, they need the size. Yeah, we yeah, hosted well, a, well, a six foot five, two hundred and eighty five pound. He's listed as a DN, but he's a transfer from Minnesota. We hosted him on a on a visit today. So man, I'd, yeah, I'd love so, to see get a few more of those guys with that size. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's talk about a little bit more about this one on the other side of the commercial break, and we'll be back after this. You can catch our podcasts here at Gobbler Country on Apple, 
Audible, Amazon, Spotify, and our publisher, Megaphone. Follow us on Twitter at Gobbler Country and Facebook. Just search for Gobbler Country and look for our turkey. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Talking turkey here with John and Brian. And we just finished kind of like waxing poetic and a little bit of ranting and excitement about our transfer portal capabilities. But starting off the the final segment, I wanted to bring up like some stuff that we've been seeing on social media and some complaining. I think there's some maybe a, a lack of knowledge in the fan base or understanding about how the star systems work. So, you know, there's been a lot of excitement surrounding some of what we did with our three high school recruits, right? They're all three, three stars. And then we were able to get a four-star quarterback in the transfer portal. And folks are complaining about this and being like, well, we should be going after five stars. And I just want to put things in perspective. For the class of 2023, there's only eight consensus five-star recruits in the country, right? Depending on what you look at, like ESPN 247, the rating bodies that that apply the the ratings to the high school players, normally you're going to get on average between 30 and 35 five-star players total, between 300 and 335 four-star players total in the entire country, and then about 2,000 to 2,500 three-star players. That's for the entire country, right? There's what, 130 or 132 FBS programs all vying for these things. So we're talking about, hey, we should be fighting for five stars. The days of like competing for Tyrod Taylor, Kevin Jones, Michael Vick, like those are in the past. We need to get to a point where we're attractive enough for those five stars to start taking a look at us like they used to. But until then, we're going to have to find talent that needs to be developed or maybe is hidden, right? When you take a look at like four-star talent, like four-star talent, I think has like a 22% draft rating in the NFL. So that's not too shabby. The five stars are obviously a little bit higher. But the point being is like, we shouldn't be complaining when we have a class that is now ranked 31st nationally. That's made up of all three stars except for one four star. That's solid. And we're moving in the correct direction compared to where we've been for the last four years. So I just wanted to bring that up. And over to you, Brian, any any thoughts you want to add with regards to to the the talent that we are able to be bringing in? You nailed it, Jay. Two things I want to add is William Pop Watson, who is our quarterback, he's an Army All-American. Okay, so he's a high three-star. I mean, what, what's a high three-star and a low four-star? What, what's the actual difference? Okay, let's see. The, and if the kid was bigger than six foot, 180 pounds, he'd probably be a four-star recruit. But he's a smaller kid, but he's got a big arm. He can run. But that, that's something to note about him. And also, speaking of five-stars, we can always go to the transfer portal for five-stars because tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, we are hosting Tony Grimes. And if you guys remember, Tony Grimes was the number one player in Virginia three years ago, and he ended up big Thomas for freaking UNC. And and, and I, I'm happy to see that he realized that was a horrible, horrible mistake, but I'm not crushing him. I mean, he, he got to do what's best for him. But, but anyway, Grimes is a hot commodity in the transfer portal, and, and rightfully so. He's kind of hasn't had the career he's wanted at UNC, but I think that they have terrible coaching there. They're, they're, like John and I have discussed, UNC is full of salesmen. They have no actual football coaches. And, and I think some of those kids got sold a bill of goods and a pile of the bag and now it's more of uh i want to get developed to go to the nfl and so i think grimes is looking for the best opportunity to get to the next level and his father's help him in that quest and let's hope that he comes home and i think it would do forget, forget the impact on the field because he would be an impact i think if he gets good coaching we know cheetah can coach so if we get him on the coaching him that'd be a great thing but the impact that getting a five star even if it's not out of high school would be huge in the in the optics you know a virginia kid returns home hey maybe i should have stayed here the whole time you know it just be, be a big deal i don't expect him to come here it's just a realistic view but who knows but that, that's that's what i was thinking about when you talk about stars and all that. that that that's what hit my mind is hey we gotta 
got a five-star visitor here this week let's let's close out on him well and i also think you already see like the the tides changing right like last year when we talked about it and it, it showed itself that like brent pry was like having to put a tourniquet on an arterial bleed like this was going to be a bad season and you see what the, the coaches are doing during this offseason their first full like it's my team offseason and they are turning, already starting to turn heads. Like there's a reason that Drones and Jennings came here, right? Like they, those guys could have gone to other schools. They had offers from other Power 5 universities. They wanted to come to Tech. We've got Kevin Jones is involved, like former running back. Kevin Jones is involved in the NIL. He started an NIL, like basically like whatever, a consulting agency for these young college students. He's heavily involved in this stuff as well. So Virginia Tech's starting to get its NIL situation a little bit more squared away. And the other side too, I think it would be amazing if Grimes showed up because I just want to see him and Monsoor on the field at the same time. Like that would be like back in the day, you know, when we had the Fuller brothers on the field and all that good stuff. So, and don't um, forget, we got Dorian Strong will be back healthy next yep. year. So, you know, so, depth. So. What's that? I don't remember what to do with that, guys. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an exciting. But you know, I'll say this about the, about our coaches, guys. Is you know, you can we can say whatever. And I know we we talked about things last year. We were disappointed, rightfully so. And we didn't want them. We weren't stupid enough to want anybody fired. We were just bringing out criticisms, which are fair. But I'll say this about them: they will not be outworked. And I appreciate that. I mean, they're, you got coaches getting up that morning, going to the state championship games, and then they're flying back to Blacksburg to recruit these kids on campus. And then the next day, they're back out going somewhere else. Man, I love it. I mean, we, we were used to a lazy bunch the last time around. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging. The only thing that I'm going to be concerned about with the football team is what we talked about before, which is the interior and edge rush and that uh, on the defensive line. I think the offensive line is going to come along pretty well. I think Rudolph basically segregated out all of the offensive linemen that he wants to keep and said, you know what? I'm instituting, we're instituting a new playbook next year. I'm going to teach you that playbook. You're not going to get confused this year with the old playbook. You're going to go in with the new playbook. And he put them in boot camp. So you're going to see a, a different offensive line. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what, what we're going to see in the spring game. I think the spring game is going to be really important this year. And I think the reason why it's going to be important is because, like I said, we're talking uh, another institution of boot camp. I think these kids are going to go through a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of changes, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, now, that's football, and that's a continuing conversation. I got our wrestling expert over here. Now, I did watch <laughs> Makai Lewis's match, and I was, like, jumping nervous with Makai Lewis's match because he was matched up against a ranked, you know, a competitor, and – it was a one-point win, but he won. And the, guess what? The wrestling team also won, and that's pretty good. You go ahead, Jay. So, yeah, the, the big thing that happened this past week is that Virginia Tech beat number 7 Missouri. So Missouri is one of those those schools that's, uh, you know, Midwest, man, or Plain State, as they would say. They don't want to be considered Midwest. But either either way, the point is, is that's, that's a Power 5 school that is known for having a powerful wrestling program. Virginia Tech's top 10 also. I think right now we are number 9. Hopefully that'll uh, change here once the rankings come out. But that is a solid win. So they won a team win of 17-14. And, you know, you know Makai Lewis, is, he's one of the best wrestlers at 174 pounds in the country like he was in the national championship for his weight class last year and barely lost to i think it was the nc state guy so him and the nc state guy like play each other every year but makai is one of those dudes that you can see being competitive for like the olympic team in the next couple years so 
having him, actually the entire team has quite a few highly ranked players and, you know, they're, they're starting their duels tournament in earnest now. So they're, they're kind of done with the openings and basically like the invitational type things where there's a whole bunch of schools and not necessarily every single wrestler wrestles. Like they opened with Ohio state, um, barely lost to number four, Ohio state, but came back and beat, you know, number seven, uh, Missouri. And now they're going to start their non-conference slate. The conference slate in the ACC is actually pretty robust. There's a lot of strong teams in the ACC as far as wrestling is concerned, but we're we're positioned nicely to to once again compete for the ACC and have a strong showing in the national championship. We'll see what happens with Penn State. It's like always Penn State and Iowa State are just always Alabama and Clemson, you know, <laughs> so maybe we can sneak in there, but beat number seven Missouri is solid. Yeah, it was, and it was really exciting. And, okay, we're going to have another conversation next week Hopefully, we'll get even better news. There's going to be a, a low. There's a week low because after the 21st, the kids go on at least a, like a week Christmas break. And then after Christmas, just before New Year's, things pick back up again around December 28th. So basketball is going to start churning. Of course, we're going to see more movement in the portal, and we're going to see more movement in the high school stuff. Early signing days coming up pretty soon and that's going to be really key and really that's important. That's real soon. Yes, that's like three days is. away, isn't it? Yeah, eight, it's like eight, three. Yeah. A week from tomorrow. Yeah, a yeah. week from tomorrow. So we're going to be talking about that and we're also going to be like I said keeping up our coverage on basketball and and I, I my, my fingers are hurt from typing this weekend because of all the stuff we had to write up. And I love it. It's great. So, it's great to have good things to write about and great things to you know to talk about if we didn't have to keep our tongues in control, Catherine will kill us because she'll have to edit all this stuff. So, guys, it was a great week. Let's hope for another great week. What do we always say? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.